Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. We are continuing our series called You Asked For It. And so I know many of you anticipated this message today because I'm talking about God and sexuality. And where we came up with this is that around Easter, we asked you to fill out some cards. And we took the top four topics that you would like to hear from the Bible. What does God say about this? So one was the Holy Spirit. One was the second coming of Christ. One is uh, evangelism. And then this one is about God and sexuality. What does the Bible have to say about our sexuality? So if you don't like the message today, it's your fault, but that's okay. We're going to continue. But guys, listen, this is such an important message. I'm actually really excited about today um, because it is, it's important that we allow the Word of God to speak to us and to move us forward. Because there's lots of influences in our lives, and all of us know that. But in the 21st century, this message is very, very important. But also what's interesting, this same message was important 2,000 years ago. It was important to Corinthians. It was important to people um, in Ephesus. It was important to the church has always had to define and understand and bring clarity to God and sexuality. And so um, I want to cover this topic today, and I'm going to approach the topic from the whole council of Scripture. I'm not going to be looking at, at this piece and this piece and elevating them and saying, see, that's what it is. I, I want to take a whole approach to Scripture about what God says about our sexuality and because I, I don't think it's healthy to take one scripture and just leverage that and make that the whole issue. Here is the, here's the reality in this room. We are all fallen humanity. Amen? Has anyone here made it to Jesus Christ status yet? No. Because when we were born into this world, um, we were born with a fallen nature. When we are saved, our soul is saved, sanctified, made righteous, praise God. But we still have fallenness in our lives. Does anyone here have any fallenness, any brokenness in your life after you got saved? Yeah, we all have. And just so you're aware of that, that fallenness also affects our sexuality. So every person in this room has brokenness in areas of your sexuality. Now I know when we talk about topics like this in church, the room gets quiet. But I just want to just take a deep breath. It's going to be all right. If the church does not teach on this, who will? Welcome to church in 2018. This is just this way it has to be. But what's very interesting, which will show kind of the need of this message today, the Bible says that um, close to the return of Jesus Christ, the last days, which last week we talked about some of the last days, the last days will be like the days of Noah and Lot. That was a long time ago. Well, what does that mean? It means that society will be increasingly more and more sexually permissive. And how many know that's where we are today? And we're seeing this. We're not seeing it just in the world. My friends, we're seeing it in the church. And so, if the church doesn't address it, we'll never rescue a generation that needs truth. And so that's why we need to do this. We need to be bold. We need to be courageous about this. So my warning today is this is a PG-13 message. And so if you have kids and you want to step out, I totally understand that. I'm not going to be explicit in any way, but I am going to use the word sex and sexuality a lot. 
And so it's important, though, for us to take a step forward as a church to say, listen, we want to equip. My job as a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to also help, help remove any lies that the enemy is telling the church and we're believing. And we do that through the, through the Word of God. And so I understand I might be misunderstood today, and that's okay. My job is, is not concerned what you think. It's concerned what God thinks. And so that's really my, my, my goal today. I love you, but I care more what he says than you do, just so you know. And I know this. I know sexuality is a very controversial subject. It's very controversial. And I know it goes deep in all of our lives because the reason is because it actually sits at the core of every one of our lives. But this is something that's very important for all of us to understand is this. Is this because of the fallenness that all of us have. And because we all have sexual brokenness in our lives. As a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm approaching this topic today is not a message for the world. It's a message for the church. And as you look all, all throughout scriptures, you will find that the Bible is very positive regarding human sexuality. It's very, very positive. But if you were to listen to many folks in churches or people outside of the church would perceive the church regarding sex as this is that Christianity and sex just don't go together. They don't go. They're, they're separate. But again, this message today is not for the world. It's for the church. And so I want to just begin by distinguishing the world from the world and the, and the church from the church. So the world and the church, I want to distinguish those. So the purpose of this message is about sexuality in the church. I'm addressing my thoughts and my words and the things that I'm saying to those who live under the lordship of Jesus Christ, not to those who don't. I'm approaching this under the assumption today that you're here today because you want to take a step further in your relationship with Jesus Christ, or you're here today because you're searching for truth, which I so, I'm so honored that you would be here this morning. But I, 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 I am believing today this message is for you who want to, to live under the authority of God's word and live under the authority of Jesus Christ. And so the issues with the world and sexuality and, and why it's going crazy, it's because they, they have not heard the gospel or they have rejected the gospel. So many times the church likes to point fingers at the world and be like, I can't believe you're acting like the world But what happens is we neglect our own sexual brokenness in our own lives. It's a lot easier to point the finger at somebody who is lost than it is to take a step back and, and ask yourself, am I walking in wholeness in my sexuality as God wants me to walk in it? And so I think the purpose of the church, in many ways, we've forgotten the purpose of the church is, I'm, I'm going to say this, I want you to hear me, is to win souls. That's the purpose of the church, not to change behavior of the lost. Our job is to share our faith, to be a witness, and then as people are being saved in society, society then begins to change. I'm not bothered that a lost person is acting lost at all. I know the only solution for them is to be found. And I know that they cannot be found unless they hear the gospel. And I know they cannot hear the gospel unless we tell them. So there was a lost world out there. Yes, there is. But they're lost. 
If you were driving around in a car and you're like, and, and someone says, man, you're driving like you're lost. Because I am lost. What, what, well, stop acting lost. How do I do that when you're lost? So my motivation today is for us as the church, and for us, one, to understand as we're approaching this, and my little caveat is this, is the gospel that reaches the world actually changes the world. The gospel that does not reach the world does not change the world. So if we have a problem with the world, there's one solution. You know what it is? The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. So the world needs their hearts changed, and once their hearts change, then, our, then their behavior changes. And so my desire today is that we first understand that, but God wants to speak to us from his word today. He wants to lay a baseline of what we as a church are to, or how we are to operate in our own sexuality. So th- today, this message is for those whose hearts have been changed by Jesus Christ and want to live under his lordship and want to live under the authority of scripture. Amen? Let's begin. We're going to begin out of Romans chapter 1, and this is Paul who's talking to the church. Just so you know, Romans is written to a church, a group of believers in Rome. And so he's dealing with some issues that, that they're going through and what they're walking through. And he says this, yes, they knew God. In other words, people knew God. They, 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 they were part of the church, but they wouldn't worship him as God or give him thanks. In other words, they, they were living in two different worlds. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. In other words, they began thinking like, you know what, I don't think the Bible actually means that. They began to make up their own definitions of what Scripture says. And as a a result, their minds became dark and confused. Every time that you begin to uh, superimpose your opinions and feelings over the Word of God, this will be the result. You will become dark and confused. Every time. And they were claiming to be wise, and they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. Again, this is written to the church. They traded the truth about God for a lie. And this is the, this is the key verse. They, tra- they traded truth about God and his ways for a lie. Everyone say, a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who was worthy of eternal praise. Amen. And this is where I want to jump off today is they traded truth about God for a lie. In the area of our sexuality, I want to begin by this, talking about lies about sex that we have believed. Number one, the first lie that a lot of people believe is this, is that Satan created it. This is a lie that people believe. Just so you know, God created sex. God or Satan did not, okay? God created sex. Satan did not. Genesis 1.28 says this, Then God blessed them, speaking of, of Adam and Eve, and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Just so you know, he was not talking about gardening here. Just so you're aware of that. He blessed them, Adam and Eve, and said, be fruitful and multiply. And so what he did is he then, at this is the moment when the, in human creation that God gave man and woman what is called a sex drive. 
And what is the sex drive? It's the desire to have sex. And so he said, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, at this moment, God gave mankind the gift of sex. I know I, know I won't get a lot of amens today because you're like, do I amen? Should I not amen? I don't know. I'm so confused. <laughs> but sex was God's idea. He was his gift to humanity. He, he said, yes, be fruitful and multiply. And all of a sudden, Adam and Eve, they, they looked at each other and they said, boy, you look different today. I didn't see you this way. But now I do. Because most of us, we, most of us, there's this, a lot of this stigma around sex, especially if you grew up in a, in a Christian um, church or Christian home. You know, people who grew up there would say the message of the church was this, sex is dirty, it's bad, it's nasty, it's ugly, so you should save it for the one you love. <laughs> and you're like, I don't, if I love them, I probably don't want to do that then. I don't, I'm, I'm confused. Like, really? I but here, here's, see, it's, it's going to be fun, okay? Sex and sexuality is not a curse. It's not a curse. It is a gift from God to humanity. And our, our sexuality is, was given to us by God so we can use it as an expression of love, companionship, commitment, and the unity, and within the unity and covenant of marriage between man and woman, which I'll, I'll, I'll talk about in just a moment, it's an act, it is also an act of worship, and it is righteous before God. It is all good, because God gave us the gift of sex. Another lie that, that people believe is this, is that sex, it is an uncontrollable desire. I, I, just, I just can't control it. I, it's just how it is, Jason. If, if God didn't want me to, then why would he put the desire in me? And this lie, this lie says this. One, not only is it, is it I, I, just have to, I, I just have to do whatever I have this desire to do, this lie also says that your feelings and your desires are who you really are. And please hear me today. Your desires do not give you your identity. As a follower of Jesus Christ, your identity is who God says you are, not what your desires say you are. Now, how many here would know that if you followed your feelings without, throughout your life, you would be in some serious trouble? You'd be in serious trouble. And as a follower of Jesus, we have to know this, that my feelings do not lead me. My desires do not lead me. Jesus leads us through his word and his spirit living in us. Well, Jason, but if... But if but it, you know, I'm on a business trip, and, you know, I mean, I'm away from it. And, I mean, what's just a what? No. Your feelings are not your master. Jesus is. Why do you think that Paul said this? Paul said, I crucify my flesh daily is what he said. I crucify my flesh every day. He's saying this, I am submitting my feelings and my desires to God, and I'm living by whom God has called me to be through his word. I'm not living by my own emotions, desires, or feelings. I crucify my flesh. That included is sexuality. We, are, our whole beings belong to God. 
It is the word of God that defines who we are, not our desires, not our emotions, not our preferences, none of that. And so Satan is the one who is influencing the world, and he wants, he wants desperately for humanity, for us, to find their identity in our desires. Because he knows this, if we raise our fallenness, which we all will admit we have, we have fallenness, which means we all have sexual brokenness, we're all striving to become healthy or striving to become holy in this area, but we all have it. Every single one of us has it. But, it, but if we, we say, actually, it's not brokenness, it's just who I am. And as a follower of Jesus, if we elevate or raise our fallenness to, 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 a, to the level that gives us our identity, then the enemy knows this, we will live our lives and the rest of our lives being confused. We'll live the rest of our lives in broken relationships and broken marriages. And so this whole point, this whole idea is that sex or sex drive, it is not an uncontrollable desire. In other words, yes, we are not animals who are just subject to our instincts. We are made in the image of God. We, we are made, but we are not, we, we, are, we have dominion over the animals. We are not one of them. We are not controlled by that, those feelings. We are controlled as a follower of Jesus by God's truth and his spirit. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you don't have to crucify your flesh. When Paul said crucify my flesh, he wasn't talking about I, I go to the spa for my flesh. I crucify my flesh. In other words, it hurts. In other words, he, 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 he doesn't do things that he desires to do. But Jesus is superior in his life, not his own desires. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that our sexual brokenness is something we don't have to wrestle with. But what I am saying, it is a lie to think that our sexuality is an uncontrollable desire. God will give us the power to live a life of victory and to be an overcomer if we will submit ourselves to him. The third lie that we can believe is this. It is just a physical act. It's just a physical act. I, it, it's just something, I, it's, a, it's a need, and so it's just a physical act, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't do anything else. Well, that's what the enemy wants all of us to believe, but it's just not true. Because here, here's the reality, it is spiritual, deeply, deeply spiritual. Something all of us need to constantly remember is that we are spiritual beings, there is so much going on inside of our lives that we don't even realize. And in many ways, our, our internal world is much more vast than our external world. Because God created us and he placed in us his spirit. And, and inside of us is, is the living God, the spirit of the living God. He's living in us. And so that we are spiritual beings. And so when, when, there, is a, when there is a the physical act of Sex, it is not a physical act. It is both spiritual and a physical act. Because God created it to be that way. The first mention of marriage in the Bible, the marriage bond, was that the two shall become one flesh. But it wasn't speaking about just the flesh. The actual words that are used there, was a, it's a, a deeper soul level of connection. The two shall become one. They are intertwined, both physical and spiritual. That's what happens in sexual union. 
That's why it's so important that we lift this, that we lift the, the whole idea of sex to more than just a physical act. More, it's just a desire. It's just a need. Because it really does matter. Statistics show that people who engage in casual sex, their lives are proven to be way more less enjoyable. Many of them struggle with relationships their whole life. Many of them live lonely lives because, because they engaged, they, they were, it was like, it was uncontrollable. And they engaged in casual sex and, and all of it, and they, they were left broken and hurting and empty. And when we don't recognize that sex is a spiritual act, it leaves us with, it, with a hollowed out soul. And we, want, and we wonder, why do I feel so hollow? Why do I feel so empty? Why? why? Because you, you are not realizing the act of sex is a deeply spiritual thing. And God did not create us to live that way. Another lie about sex is this. It is an isolated event. It's just something that happens. It's a moment in time, and then I can leave that moment in time. It doesn't matter anymore. It won't affect me. Well, here's the the reality. That's not the way God designed it. And that's not the way it'll be. Because the reality of anything you're engaging in sexually, a part of that stays with you, and a part of you stays with that. That's how God designed it. For many, you think, yeah, but, you know, Jason, it's all right. You just got to let your hair down every once in a while and... Or I just, listen, I just, and then I'm just going to click on it. I'm just going to watch it. And then after the moment, I'll just leave the moment. It won't affect me. It won't stay with me. There's actually a, world, a worldly marketing campaign about this very thing that whatever you do within your own flesh or even sexuality, it's just a moment of event. And it's this. What happens in Vegas, what? Stays in Vegas. Actually, that's not true. Because it follows you to the, to the counselor. It follows you to your marriage. It follows you five years from that event. The hollowing of your soul. A night out on the town. These are things that are outside of God's design for us as humans. And it creates a void. It creates hurts. And it creates needs that need to be healed by Jesus Christ. Here's the good news. God can heal our sexual brokenness. Amen? God can heal us. Paul is writing this church, and I want us to read some of this out of Corinthians. And he's talking about what I'm talking to all of us about today is that their bodies do not belong to them. In other words, they don't ask themselves what they are to do with their own bodies. They look to the Word of God. And so 1 Corinthians 6 says this. Do you not know? In other words, do you, aren't you aware? So obviously there were things going on in the church. Aren't you aware that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite or fuse them together at, at your core or glue you to, to something 
with a prostitute. What was happening at this time is through their pagan worship, Corinthians were getting saved. They were coming to the church. But the still strong culture of the pagan culture was having a lot of influence on them. One of the ways that they would worship at the pagan temples is that they would sleep with prostitutes. This was the way they were doing. So there were people who were, who were in two. They were in, they were in the world and they were in the church. And Paul's saying this, this can't be. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, your body doesn't belong to you. You should never do that. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? This goes to show it's just not an event in time. It's just not a, just a girlfriend. It's just not a boyfriend or a fiancé. No, no, you are united with them. With their bodies, with the soul. For it is said, the two shall become one flesh. Don't, don't you understand that you, it, you, you just can't go around. It, it is hollowing out your soul. But whoever is, is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. And then he says this, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. In other words, it hollows out your soul. It brings a, it brings a darkness and a confusion that comes over you. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is to the church. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Again, if someone is lost, they're going to act lost. But if someone is saved, they should begin to act saved. If your heart has changed, it begins the journey. And many times it's just because of ignorance. We participate in things and because the church is silent about sexuality. That when a law is passed or something, you see, you see Christians all over. They're celebrating things that actually are in completely their anti-scripture. And that's just one aspect. If you were a Christian and Jesus purchased you with his blood, this is what it means. He calls the shots. You do not. That's what it means. And you say, yeah, but, but Jason, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not satisfied with my husband. Or I'm not satisfied with my wife. Or, you know, it's, a, listen, we're going to get married anyway. So what does it matter? But, but so I have a desire to, you know, I'm, I'm their fiance. I mean, it doesn't matter. Or, but I'm, I'm attracted to the same sex. And so, what, it's, but it's, it's what I want. Or I just want to click on it and watch it. And it's, it's okay. It, it's, just, it's, it's just what I want. As a follower of Jesus, according to the Bible, we are called to obey him because his ways are always higher than ours. They're always higher. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying fighting through our sexual brokenness is it's a walk in the park. It's no big deal, especially when we are assaulted by the world all the time regarding our sexuality. We are assaulted day after day after day after day. And it, and it, it only 
only can have an impact on us. It does. That's why we got to put the Word of God as superior. we got to put Jesus as superior. we got to submit ourselves under Him and follow Him, whether my flesh wants to do it or not. We follow Him. 1 Thessalonians 4 says this. For God wants you to be holy and pure and to keep clear of all sexual sin. For God has not called us to be dirty-minded and full of lust, but to be holy and clean. This is God's desire. And God would not put something before you that he would not help you to achieve and reach there. Why is it God's desire for us to be holy and clean? Because it, when you're holy and clean, it restores your soul. It begins to bring life to your soul. You begin to walk with, a, with confidence and, and your connection with God is just, it's your soul isn't hollowed out and you don't feel dark and confused. So how do we honor God with our sexuality? Number one, we need to submit to God's way. Submit to God's way. This is just a simple decision to make a choice. God, I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to submit to your ways. I'm going to submit to what Scripture says. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to find a book written about something that allows me to do what I want to do. I'm going to read your book. And what it says you want from me, that's what I'm going to believe you by faith you want from me. It means I'm going to trust that you're going to know best in my life. So I, I want to talk to you about just real quick this idea of, okay, then Jason, what is, what is permissible? What is not permissible? I, I, I want to show you what, what I call the holy circle of sex. Don't be scared. promise you. This is the holy circle of sex. One man, one woman in marriage. Everything inside this circle is holy and pure. One man, one woman in marriage. Say that with me. One man, one woman in marriage. Now this is for, this is for believers. If you're a believer, this is it. This is it. So you, you, can't, you can't take marriage out. It's not a holy circle of sex. So it's one man, one woman in marriage. This is the only equation that scripture supports and says, that's good. So God says, if this is you in this circle, he stands back and he says, have a blast. It's my gift to you. Have fun. Anything, <laughs> anything outside of the circle. Anything outside of the circle. Yeah, but Jason, what about this? Is it outside the circle, one man, one woman in marriage? Well, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's, not, it's not God's plan for you. It's not God's way. Yes, but what, what if, yeah, but what if I make this little adjustment and say the Bible really didn't mean to say what it actually said? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. This is God's holy circle of sex. In here, your soul will not be hollowed out. Your soul will be encouraged. Your soul will be strengthened. You will grow closer to God together. This is the beauty of the holy circle of sex. Amen? And this is God's plan. And God created this parameters not because he wants to control you, because he wants to protect you. He, want, he, does it, he, wants to, he wants to protect you from being burned, of being hurt, of being destroyed, of being dark and being confused. And if you're here today and you know that sexually 
you're not living the life that God's called you to live, then here's, just make a decision. Lord, I want to make a decision today that I'm going to submit to your way. And here's, here's the reality. God's arms are completely open, and so is this church's. This church arms are totally open because we all need to take a step forward in becoming healthier in our sexuality. If you make this choice, no matter where you are, no matter how, where you are in the spectrum, if you make the choice to, to submit to God's way, even though if you don't understand it, you're, you're confused, but you say, Lord, I'm placing my feelings and my desires aside, and as a follower of you, Jesus... I'm submitting under your authority, and I'm going, I'm going to say that I'm going to trust you and live my life according to that is true, and you know better than I do. And if you do that, this is your promise today out of Isaiah 1, verse 18. It's this. No matter how deep the stain of your sins, God says, I can take it out, and I can make you as clean <laughs> as freshly fallen snow. Even if you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you white as wool. Amen. Amen. So as Christians, we have a responsibility because there's the world of grace that we all thank God is grace, but then there's it's, it's balanced by grace and responsibility. Because Paul also goes on to say in 2 Corinthians, he says this, to rights to the church, come out from them, come out from the world and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing. And I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and I will make, and you will be my sons and daughters, and say, the Lord is mighty. When we submit to God's way, we experience God's closest with God in a way that we've never experienced before. That's my encouragement to you. Number two is with our sexuality, we need to manage our thoughts. And this is a big one. Because we are in a battle. We are, I'm telling you, we are being attacked every day in this mind, every single day. Did you know the porn industry, the revenue of the porn industry, is more than the NFL, the Major League, Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL combined? The average age that a person is seeing porn for the first time is in between the ages of 10 and 11. And it's mostly on smartphones. Families, listen, we must be vigilant. And protecting our, ourselves and our children and our families. I know we can put filters on our internet. That's great. But there's always a way to bypass it. There always is. There's apps. There's all kinds of stuff. And I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> it happens all the time. When this happens, or if this happens with your children, and you find out that they're looking at things or they shouldn't look at, this is my, this is my, don't shame them. They, trust me, they feel the filth. They feel the hollowness of their souls. They feel the stain of that sin. They feel it. Start fighting with them. Say, listen, this doesn't define you. This isn't our, who you are. Begin to help them on a road. Go, get, take them to a counselor. Meet with a pastor. Let's speak life into them. This doesn't define you either. Be vigilant. Because Jesus said this in Matthew 6. He said this. That the, eyes, the eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. This is it, man. What we see. 
What we allow to entertain us will end up controlling us. Protect what you see. Protect your eyes. Protect your emotions. Do what it takes. Be vigilant to break the cycle of thinking. Call somebody. Do whatever it takes. Make the decision to protect our minds and our thoughts. Number three, and this is the last one, we are to keep our relationships healthy. And let me speak to you. If you're in a bad relationship, let me define what a bad relationship is. One, if you're dating someone and that person is putting pressure on you to do things sexually you know is not God's way, then run. Run. Text them right now. Break up with them. Say, pastor said, dump your butt and do it. (laughs) You are worth more. You are more valuable. Your purity, your soul is not worth your desire. Are you trying to feel love from them? It's not worth it. Run. If you want me to talk to them, I will. No problem. (laughs) Parents. Hear me for a second. Do not let your children date unbelievers. Please. There is no such thing as missionary dating. It never works. Never works. And you can tell me all you want, yeah, but they're, they're having a positive influence on them, and they're a great family, and, and you, 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 listen, you can tell me all you want, but when they are young and they are teenagers, and I'm telling you, the Word of God is true, and this is, this is the word to some of you Christians who, who you, maybe your child has convinced you it's okay. This is the word to you parents. 1 Corinthians 15, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled. Do not marry an unbeliever. Don't do it. I know you might be lonely. Do not marry. It will will have a major impact on your life. You've got to keep your relationships healthy so that we can have, our sexuality can be healthy. And for our marriages, couples, you need to keep your marriage healthy. Emotionally, do what it takes to be emotionally healthy. Sexually, have a conversation. How are things going? Relationally, make a decision. You're gonna, we're going to be healthy. Let's take a step forward. It doesn't mean, many times we think, well, we're not healthy, so it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, stop. Time out. What can we do to take one step forward that we can be healthier? Just, just have one conversation. And really, the, the, the heart of this, too, is that this would create an opportunity for conversations. For married couples, for you with your children, it's time that we as the church stop allowing the world and the world system to dominate our minds. It's time. That's why for us here at the church, it, it, one of the major ways that you, you can have healthy relationships is Begin to have healthy relationships. Begin to walk things out with other believers. Get in a group. Begin to build relationships. Begin to to go further. Begin to have accountability. Begin to go on a journey of of a healthy marriage or a healthy, whether you're a young adult or you're widowed or you're, you're single. It doesn't matter. 
Get in a group that you can walk a journey with people that are like-hearted, like-minded, like-seasoned, and walk through some things. And let's make a commitment that we're going to be a healthy church. Amen? We're going to be healthy in, in all of the areas of our lives. We're going to be healthy. And we're going to just believe that, that God would continue to expose the lies that we've believed and that through His grace, He can give us freedom. He can heal our past. He can transform our present. And He can give us freedom for our future. Amen? That's God's desire for us. And this is God's plan for us. That we will be sexually pure and holy. We would not run or stray or I can't talk about it. It's time. It's time we talk about it. We talk about it as the Word of God is our foundation, not someone's opinion, not another book. The Word of God is our baseline. It is our authority, and we follow it because we are followers of Jesus. Amen? How many are thankful that God's Word speaks to us about these things? Amen. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.